Hey, this is Pastor Bradley, and I want to welcome you to the Res Church podcast. Res Church is a place where people discover life through knowing and following Jesus. And so we hope that you will be blessed by this message. What a good day to be in God's house. Everybody doing good? Rain's over, sun is shining. We're glad to be here, glad to be with you today. Uh, Today is a very significant day for our church. Um, This is a big deal. We are going to welcome and install three new elders to the elder team here at Resurrection Church. So what I want to do is I want to tell you what we're going to do, kind of map the service for you so you know what's coming, and then I'm going to just say a few words about why we're doing this and why this matters, okay? Um, what we're going to do is Keith and I are going to both uh, speak to the new elders and, and, and give an invitation to them onto the elder team. And that's going to be followed by Pastor Barr, our pastor emeritus, is going to come and speak to us from Acts chapter 20. He's going to give a charge to both the elders and to you, the church. Uh, followed by that, you're going to get to hear from each one of the three new elders today. They're gonna speak to you. uh, And then following that, we're gonna come to the table and worship together. Does that sound good? So that's where we're going. Um, This is the culmination of a year-long process in which you have played a vital role, all right? Over the course of the last year, you have prayed with us, you submitted nominations for consideration Um, all of which were prayerfully considered. And after much prayer and intentional spirit-led process, we have identified three men that we believe Jesus himself has called and set apart to be elders at Resurrection Church. And they are Donnie Kaufman, Andy Long, and Jonathan Seymour. Um, And you're gonna get to hear from them in in just a minute. Um, This is not a small thing. It's not a small thing. We're a part of something, aren't we? We're part of the church, the body of Christ, and Jesus leads his church and he gifts his church to facilitate ministry, to expand his kingdom. And the the role and function of elder in the church is not the only gifting and not the only calling within the church. We are all called, we've each been gifted by the Spirit to participate in Jesus's life and work and ministry in the earth. Amen. And so this is a, let today be a representation of what God has called all of us to, and that is to participate with him in his kingdom agenda. This is not just a ceremonial thing. And this is not just an isolated thing in which you have no part. You've already played a huge role. And today your amen is going to play a huge role as well. Uh, I want you to consider Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. It says, Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And so the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. In a local church, there are many things that need attention. 
And at this very early stage in the church, there was a need that was clamoring for the apostles' attention. The the Greek-speaking Jewish widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of the food. And so the apostles got together and said, it's not right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to serve tables. And it's not that their attitude was, well, we're too high and mighty to serve tables. That's a menial task. That's not their attitude at all. Their attitude was the service of food required appropriate attention in the church. And they did not delegate that responsibility to the least of them. They said, let's find men of good repute, full of wisdom, and full of the Holy Spirit to attend to this vital ministry of making sure everybody can eat. That was the apostles' attitude. So it's not that they were beneath that, but they wanted it to have its appropriate attention. But they also recognized that the ministry of the Word needed appropriate attention as well. From the very earliest time in the church, it was understood that the ministry of the word required so much time and effort that those who were called to this ministry should be freed as much as possible from other demands. And this attention to the ministry of the word by elders is an ongoing office in the church. It was not just limited to the early church apostles. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 17 let the elders who rule be well considered rule well be considered of double honor especially those who labor in preaching and teaching Titus chapter 5 verse 9 an elder must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it so we conclude that the New Testament prescribes for the church that there be people set apart for the ministry of the word. And these elders or these pastor teachers devote their main life efforts to this ministry and are supported by the church. Amen? Now, what is the ministry of the word? Let me just say a few statements about that real quick. Four things. The ministry of the word is a ministry of study. It's a ministry of study. The life of the church hangs on this, on the Word of God. The inspired Word of God has come to us in the form of a book. And this book is the Word of God, and the church lives under its authority. Therefore, the ministry of the Word must include study. And I don't mean just reading. I mean digging. I mean meditating. I mean writing. And I mean teaching. The ministry of the word is a ministry of prayer. A minister of the word must not choose between study and prayer. Study without prayer is the work of pride. Prayer without study is presumption. Prayer humbles the heart and gives it to the tone of Christ and makes it ready and open to be sensitive to the truth of scripture. The ministry of the word is a ministry of suffering. No soldier in conflict expects things to be easy and comfortable. When God calls us to the ministry of of the word, gentlemen, he recruits us to frontline artillery action, and it's not a safe place to be. But we're called to be like the Apostle Paul when he said in Philippians that he counted everything as loss so that he might know Christ 
in the power of his resurrection, and he might share in the fellowship of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. This is our joy and our calling. Finally, the ministry of the word is a ministry of joy. Again, like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians, even if I'm poured out, poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you all. There's no better way we could spend our lives, gentlemen, than to spend it doing what God has called us to do in the ministry of the word. So Keith and I are presenting you with two things, and I have the privilege of making the first presentation, and it's a Bible. Did y'all see that coming? I know you guys don't need Bibles. We didn't select elders who didn't already have a Bible. But the Bible, listen, church, the Bible is meant to symbolize that we as a whole, we as a whole recognize that Jesus himself has set these men apart to join Keith and I in the ministry of the word in this church. And so on behalf of this entire congregation, I say welcome to the team of elders at Resurrection Church. church I hope you're well I hope you're well amen hello gentlemen I am well today is a special day Donnie Andy Jonathan it's a day that should be remembered it's a day that should spur our Thanksgiving as often as we think about it Today is a special day in which you get the joy and the privilege of entering into a distinct and special assignment. It's not that this assignment is more special or more prized than all of the assignments of the kingdom. It's just different. This assignment comes with the privilege of experiencing the joys and the sorrows of shepherding. We should remember, gentlemen, Hebrews 13, 17. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them. This is what I want you to pay particular attention to. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. This is not just about our intentions. It's not just about our intentions of shepherding with the desire to do a good job. It is about how we shepherd. In this verse, we see the massive privilege and the solemn responsibility, don't we? We bear the honor of shepherding. This is an honor worth giving your life to. But we must also remember that we will stand before our maker and give an account for how we have shepherded. So today, I want to give you guys something that's very special to me. When I was a police officer, I was introduced to something we're not real sure what the history of this is, but it's a challenge coin. And in the police department, the challenge coin I received said, press the fight. But let me remind you of who our fight is against. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. 
but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in a dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Our fight is not against sheep or goats. Our fight is against evil in this world. And we do that, gentlemen, in three ways. We fight on our knees. We raise the sword that is the word and we wield that sword against those evils. But we also fight with serving. And so as I said, this role is not distinct, but it is different. So today I wanna to give you this coin. If you'll look at the coin, you see that there are two crowns on this coin. On one side, you have a king's crown. And inscribed above the crown, you see the master's business, the king's business. This is what we are all about. This is the business we are entering into, his business. On that same side, Along the outer edge, you will see inscribed Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. This verse should remind us that whatever we do, we are to give ourselves fully and completely to because we are working for the King not ourselves, not even the sheep. We are working for the king. If you flip the coin over, you will see a crown of thorns. And on this side, the crown of thorns surrounds these words, working for the glory of God. That crown should remind us of the king's sacrifice that he came and he gave himself for his people. And that was for the work of the glory of God. We give ourselves away for his glory. We sacrifice ourselves for his glory. Our lives are no longer ours, they're his, and we do that for his glory. And on that coin inscribed around the outer edges, you see Mark 10, 43. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. We shepherd his flock by serving this flock. So gentlemen, will you please stand and turn and face this flock? Ephesians 5 tells us to follow God's example. Today, you guys, we make a commitment, not just to these people, not just to one another. We make a commitment to God himself. So lead by serving and serve by giving yourself away. Commit to stay focused on God's business fully aware that you're serving him by loving and serving 
all of them. And do all of this for the glory and praise of our King. So let this coin that you carry with you always remind you of this precious moment and remember the privilege and the promise that you are making because we stand before a holy and mighty God with a task that is greater than any of us but together we can achieve his purposes for his fame amen let's pray Y'all give it up for the wives. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You are good. And your grace crushes our sin. And so thank you for that, Jesus. Today I ask for one thing, Lord, and one thing alone, that you would be honored in all, in all, every T and every I that gets crossed or dotted, that you would be honored in it all because God if that happens then we have done well so Lord help us be faithful in that help us not just check boxes but to lift our hearts our minds and our hands and know that we serve the most amazing living powerful creator God that is Lord, we love you and we thank you. Father, I'm just humbled right now. I look around in this room and I see your people. We're all your people. We're all called by you and brought into life with you. We gather in your name and then we are sent into the world to be a light and to be salt. You inspired the Apostle Paul to write that you would give good gifts to the church, among them pastors and teachers. Beside pastors and teachers stand wives who support and challenge and encourage. And all of that so that the church may be equipped for the work of the ministry. There's a kingdom and there's a king who's coming and we want to be ready. We want to bring every soul that you've ordained us to bring into your kingdom and disciple every soul that you've ordained for us to disciple, to love every enemy, to forgive every sin, to heal every sickness and to teach the truth that would renovate our minds that would renew our minds so that we might discern your will. God, that's what we want. And so let that happen today and let this team serve you and this church well. In Jesus' name, 
And everyone said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Up for the elders. What a joy to be a part of this significant day. By the way, what we're doing is biblical. Just wanted you to know. Uh, didn't want you to think we were doing some hideous thing here today, but it is scriptural that uh, elders be placed in the body of Christ. And so I have the honor today. Uh, I love being old because I get so many opportunities <laughs> to speak down to these younger people. But I would like for you to just bow your heads with me. Let us pray. Lord, slow down our hurried hearts this morning. Help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to us through the Word and help us to receive it today in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. We're going to read a passage of Scripture from the 20th chapter of the book of Acts. I'm going to read the entirety of these verses because they are a remarkable section of Scripture. The Apostle Paul had been at Ephesus, this church, for some three years. He is now on his way to Jerusalem under the constraint of the Holy Spirit, knowing that he's going to face affliction and difficulty. But he wants to share with the elders. He didn't have time to go through Ephesus, so he is now at Miletus, and he calls for the elders of the church at Ephesus. And this morning we're going to listen in, we're going to eavesdrop in on the message that Paul gave to the elders at Ephesus. We get a glimpse of his heart when we read these words. So I want to read them, if you'll just bear with me for a few minutes. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to the Greeks of repentance toward God 
and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of our God. And now behold, I know that none of you among I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you elders, overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert Remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among those who are sanctified. I covet no one's silver or gold or apparel, you yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. And all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. This text speaks as profoundly and as precise and as clear as any passage in all of Scripture dealing with the overseers, the pastors, the elders of a local church. This passage is relevant for all of us who follow Christ, but especially for leaders and extra especially for elders. Paul is mentoring the elders here at Ephesus. Over half of this passage, as you read it, is autobiographical. 
Paul is saying, just remember my life. I have been an example for you. And later on in the book of Corinthians, he said, follow me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now there are three, this is just a summary of what Paul said. I want, I want to do, just take three simple thoughts and uh, ideas from this passage, if I may, and I have time, which I don't, but that's all right. Uh, I'm in charge now. I've got the microphone. <laughs> it always happens. The first thing that you'll notice here that Paul instructs the elders, he said, be humble. You yourselves know how I lived among you from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with humility, with tears and trials. Paul recognized he was a servant, a slave for God. He was low before God. I think he was willing to suffer for the church's sake. He had humbled himself. At one time, he was a mighty, prideful man. He was the Jew of Jews. He was a hierarchy person. But on the road to Damascus, he found himself humble before God. I tell you, there is no greater place for you as an elder this morning than on your knees as a servant before the Almighty God and before the flock of God. No greater place. If you listen to what he said in Philippians chapter 2, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than, you, than yourself. That is so counter to our culture today in leadership. And that's what Paul is trying to say here. He wants to stamp out pride among the leadership of the church. There is no place for pride as a servant of God in the household of his kingdom. No place for it. There is no place for it. You should be humble and willing to sacrifice greatness. It's not a matter of you being great. It's a matter of you being effective for the kingdom of God. Touching the world. Paul said here in this same passage in verse 33, right out of the blue, he said, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. I didn't, knew, I didn't want anything. His greatest desire was being a servant, the low one. In all things, he said in verse 35, I have shown you that by working hard with these hands, we must do this to help the weak and remember those words of our Lord. It is a greater blessing to give than it is to receive. We must remember that true greatness always expresses itself in humble service. Always. Second thing Paul said here, just very quickly. He said, I want you to be faithful. Faithful. Listen to what he said in verse 20. I remind you, 
I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God, of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul taught it all. He taught it to everyone, rich, poor, the elite, the down and out. He proclaimed the word of God. There is nothing more vital for you as an elder than to be faithful to the word. Paul said, I did not shrink back from telling you the whole counsel of God. Listen, there's a lot of pressure on the elders when it comes to preaching and teaching in our day. The culture, the political correctness today, and wanting people to just be, be a part of their, their church, it is so easy to slack off. I tell you today, don't ever shrink back. Don't ever pull back from teaching this book here. It may grow old to some, but to those who know the way of salvation, it is absolute truth. It never, ever changes. He did not shrink back. It cost him. There was sacrifice. There was suffering. There's pressure to be faithful to the word of God. He was so faithful. I, I love verse 24. I kind of took it to myself just not long ago. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I've received from the Lord Jesus Christ, testifying to the gospel of the Lord's grace. You're on a great journey today. You're a young man. One day you'll be old. <laughs> Just want to tell you. I just felt like I needed to remind them. <laughs> Always have to do it. But, but there will come a day. Paul knew that his days were short left. And he said, I want to be faithful to what God's called me to do. If there's anything that I would ever want on my tombstone, it was this. He was faithful. Faithful. Very quickly, let me just say this to you. Thirdly, he said, I want you to be watchful. Look at verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you elders or overseers to care for the church of God. And listen, I've been preaching a long time, almost 60 years, and in studying for this day, this next phrase hit me so hard, and I want to remind you today, this is important, because this flock that you're to elder, watch over, care for, was purchased by the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. It was so important he died for it. It is so important for you. This is not a light, light moment. This is a heavy, 
This is a time to really consider this is an awesome responsibility I am taking this morning. This flock was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he said, pay close attention. But before he said that, he said, pay careful attention to yourselves. Yeah. Before you can do to them, you got to do for yourself. If you want to really minister, teach, preach to people, you've got to be one with spiritual help yourself. So you've got to take care of yourself, your own soul. Now, I think that could very well mean that you take care of one another. I think, I think as elders, you need, to, you, you, you need to be responsible to each other and be careful with it. But you also need to realize it is a personal thing. Be careful for yourselves. Well, I think that's about all I need to say. Resurrection Church, there's a way that you can pray for your, your elders here, and that is, first of all, you can pray that they would be humble men, loving and caring. Pray for them that they would be faithful to declare the whole counsel of God and not shrink back from it. Pray for them that they would be watchful of their own souls as well as your soul as well. So I would encourage you to pray for them. Now, it's my honor and my duty this morning to charge these men as elders of Resurrection Church before the body of Christ and before God. I charge you, elders of Resurrection Church, I charge you, first of all, to keep watch over your own life, seeking to live in such a way that it is pleasing to God and worthy of your calling. I charge you to love, guide, and care for the flock of God, not by constraint, but from a willing spirit, not motivated by personal gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but rather being an example to the flock. I charge you to be an example for other believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. I charge you to love your family, to raise your children in training them and instructing them in the Lord, to manage your household well, and to maintain a good reputation. I charge you to study the scripture that you may teach what is in accordance with the sound doctrine and handling God's word correctly to the best of your ability. I charge you in your teaching to show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech according to the word of God. I charge you to teach and preach God's word to be prepared in season and out of season to correct, rebuke, and to encourage with patience, carefully instructing. I charge you to proclaim the whole counsel of God from the scriptures without fear or hesitation.
I charge you to discharge faithfully all the duties of your ministry in a manner that is honorable to both God and man. Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity, each one of you, to agree to this. Pastor Bradley, would you please stand? I, Bradley Cox, am willing to take personal responsibility to devote myself to prayer, to ministry of the word, to shepherding of God's flock in such a way that Resurrection Church and in the entire church body of Jesus Christ will be blessed and build up and protect against false teaching and division. Do you so do? You may be seated. Keith Cochran, will you please stand? Are you, Keith Cochran, willing to be personally responsible to devote yourself to prayer and to the ministry of the word, shepherding the flock of God in such a way at Resurrection Church and the entire church of the Lord Jesus Christ to be blessed, build up, and protect against false teaching and division. Do you so do? You may be seated. Donnie Kaufman, would you please stand? Are you, Donnie Kaufman, willing to take personal responsibility to vote yourself to prayer, ministry of the word, shepherding the flock of God in such a way here at Resurrection Church and the entire church body of Jesus Christ to bless, to build up, and protect against false teaching and division. You may be seated. Andy Long, will you stand? Andy Long, are you willing to take the personal responsibility to devote yourself prayer to the ministry of the word and the shepherding of God's flock in such a way that Resurrection Church and the entire church of the Lord Jesus Christ will be blessed, built up, protected against false teaching and division? You may be seated. Jonathan Seymour, would you stand please? Are you, Jonathan Seymour, willing to take personal responsibility to devote yourself to prayer, to ministry of the word, the shepherding of the flock of God in such a way at Resurrection Church and in the church body of Jesus Christ that it may be built up, blessed, protected with the teaching of the word of God against false teaching and division? Okay. Brethren, will you join me here? Just for a moment, all five, would you stretch your hand out toward us? I want us to kneel. Our Father, as we come to this moment, accepting the charge of these men, what an awesome moment this is. Holy Spirit, would you come? And would you sweep through these lives and make them, melt them, mold them into one 
team, awesome team for the kingdom of God at Resurrection Church. Let great things take place through their teaching, their preaching, their administrative work, everything they do, God. Let it show forth the example of the Apostle Paul who was humble, who was faithful, and who was watchful. Help them to watch over this flock of Resurrection Church now in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Now to the church. Let me ask you. Will you, the members of Resurrection Church, the flock of God, accept the spiritual instruction of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17? Listen. You will obey your leaders. You will submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Read Ezekiel 3, 16 and following. Let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would not be to your advantage. Will you accept them as your leaders today? And your answer is, we will. Will you love and pray for them in their ministry, their work together with humility, cheerfulness, submitting to them, giving them honor and respect of leadership as they lead Resurrection Church to accomplish its vision, its goal for the glory of our God? And your answer is... Finally, do you, the members of Resurrection Church, the flock of God, acknowledge publicly these men as elders and recognize them as God's gift to you? And your answer is? Did all of you say that? Let's say it one more time. We will. We're going to ask these new elders to come and say a, a word to you. Donnie Kaufman is coming first. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Barr. I'm glad um, at this moment that was all you had to say because I don't know how much more I could have taken. <laughs> and I appreciate that very much. Thank you. My name is uh, Donnie Kaufman, and um, when I was nine years old, I made a decision to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Uh, but it wasn't until I was 19 years old that I began to understand his call for my life. I had a friend who had invited me to church, hadn't been to church in years after playing basketball at a church as a teenager for a few years. and then kind of faded out, but I had a friend who invited me to church, and I decided that I would go. I went to church that morning, I went back that night, and my experience, both services were the same, an awful conviction of God, <laughs> that there was just something that wasn't right, and that it was time for me to get on board with what he had for me. So in a little church off of Lawrence Road. I responded to an invitation from a pastor I had never met nor never heard speak until that time. 
walked down an aisle in front of people that I did not know, only the two that had invited me. Shook the preacher's hand and said, God wants to do something with me. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I'm going to say yes, and we'll take it from there. <laughs> and that's kind of been the story of my life. <laughs> that led to me enrolling in college, finishing up college with God's great help, going on to seminary, and for over 30 years, um, serving vocationally in the church in the role of pastor and other staff-type positions and still answering his call to serve him currently through Greer Community Ministries right here in our community. That was when I was 19. If you've had problems with the math now, I just turned 54. <laughs> Some of you, I know, were trying to figure that up in your head, right? So when Keith called me a while back and said, hey, your name has been submitted as a possible candidate to be an elder, let me tell you what all that means and what that entails and what the process is. And first of all, knowing what he told me, he said, knowing this is kind of what we're thinking, I need to know, is that something that you feel God wants you to do and are you willing to proceed with that process? And not that I took it lightly and I certainly prayed about it, but... There was no concern that this wasn't for me. I felt like, God, if this is what you want for me, I am all on board. You work it out. If your people agree to it and it works out, this is the way that I'd like to continue to serve you in this particular church. So here I am, happy to be able to serve as one of your elders. We've been here for right at three years now and have enjoyed getting to know a lot of you. We have a wonderful small group with some fantastic people to love on and be a part of their lives and them a part of our lives. We serve in different ways we have over the past three years and we have enjoyed being here and getting to know you. So I count it as an honor to be one of the elders and to be able to serve you in this capacity. I want to share a scripture with you in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's a scripture that has uh, been real important to me for many years. I haven't been able to live up to it completely. I don't know that I ever will until this life is over. But this is my heart. And um, despite of my humanness at times, this is truly my desire. And I hope that while I'm living that this can be said and especially when I'm gone Pastor Barr I've asked my wife if there's enough money and this is not too many words could she put this on my headstone <laughs> if not uh, work it into the message somehow <laughs> but it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 and it's Paul speaking to the church at Corinth and he says and so it is with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. 
thank you for this opportunity, and I look forward to serving you. Thank you, Donnie. Um, <clears throat> my name is Andy Long. Um, about five and a half years ago is when I'm going to start our story. Um, it's when Jessica heard from God that we should move, pick up and move, and move to this area. And uh, we prayed about that. It was tough, so I didn't want to leave. <clears throat> My voice is breaking. Um, <clears throat> but we did, and uh, we found Rez. We landed here, and a great church family. Uh, feel, we feel loved here. My family feels loved. And um, we navigated through some situations where we going to work. You know, where, where our kids going to go to school, um, how are we going to serve. Um, and uh, as I prayed, as we prayed through those situations, uh, we asked for God's will in every one of those situations. Um, and this, this decision was no different. I got the call about being nominated uh, to be an elder. Um, and it's something that uh, I felt like I could do the Lord's help, with y'all's help. Um, so here I am. Um, so I thank you all for that. Um, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to be in, in the Lord's will. Um, that's been my prayer from, from the get-go, from five and a half years ago till now. Don't have time to go into all of that. Maybe sometime I can with each and every one of you. But now I think about what does serving you all look like? What does serving as an elder look like? Um, so, we'll go back to the metaphor that Pastor Bradley talked about, that we're soldiers. We go out in the battle lines every day, outside of here and we come back. And uh, I've heard the church being referred to as God's hospital. Uh, we get wounded out in battle, don't we? Um, and we bring our struggles here. We bring our our burdens, our baggage. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I think about Scripture, I think God saying, the psalmist wrote that God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up the wounded. Um, well, how do we get there? Well, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Um, I think as we go out in the battle lines and we lead as soldiers, us five and everybody else in leadership, we get wounded and we come back here. I think what my role is, what our role is, partly, not all, but partly is to usher one another to Jesus because that's the call that he made. Come to me. So I'm excited. Um, I had a lot more to say, but I'll speak really fast when I get up here. Um, but I appreciate this opportunity. I look forward to serving this capacity. Um, I thank you for all the affirmations over the last month. Um, I love you all. I appreciate it. Here we go. I think the 
first thing I'd like to say is I never dreamed of this. Um, as I was a little boy, I dreamed of playing baseball. As I went to college, I dreamed of being a physical therapist. As that came about, I dreamed of owning my own business, um, which I'm gracious to now be walking in that capacity, but my dreams never went this far. Um, but one thing that was always modeled for me was being active and serving in the church. Um, my parents, who are here today, as well as uh, my both grandfathers were ministers in the church, um, specifically my mother's grandfather, or my mother's father, my grandfather. Um, he walked and he showed me what it looks like to be a lay elder. I didn't really have that understanding until recently, but his entire life he worked in the finance world and then he owned his own bookstores. But all the while he taught from the pulpit, filled in, he ministered, he served, he discipled, he counseled, and I was blessed to be able to see him do that. Recently, he started struggling with dementia, and my grandmother, while we were at their house uh, a few years ago, said, we're going to start thinning stuff out, we're going to start getting rid of stuff, if you want something, you better put your name on it. And the one thing that I always wanted from my grandfather was the one thing that he cherished the most. And this is his Bible that I was fortunate, blessed, and my grandmother wrote me a note in it. But when she gave it to me, again, this was three years ago, uh, my grandfather just recently passed away this year. Um, when she wrote me the note, I didn't really pay that much attention to the note because I was so excited about getting the Bible. I just wanted to open it and read all the notes that he had written in it and uh, dive in as he had always shown me how to dive in. But uh, as I was called and made notice of the opportunity that I was uh, nominated to be an elder, as I said, my, my dreams never went that far. And I really kind of questioned, is this, is this right for me? Is this what you want, God, for my life? Because I didn't go to seminary like Donnie. Um, and can't say I ever had anybody say that uh, you're going to be a pastor one day. I do have a lot of people say that I can cause pain and torture on certain people. Um, I get that often. Um, amen. So, but uh, maybe one day you'll amen that I can uh, handle rightly this word too. So in March of this year, someone in the church came to me and asked if I would meet with them on a regular basis and disciple them. And I was humbled by that opportunity and a little bit 
amazed by that opportunity that someone wanted me to uh, meet with them and speak with them about what they were struggling with or what they were going through. But this was the first glimpse that God gave me of the gift that he had put inside of me because of the joy that came out of that opportunity was beyond what I ever expected. Um, and so as I was studying uh, and preparing for some of those meetings with that person, I was studying in John in one of the cross-references uh, that I was actually using my grandfather's Bible to look at. Um, it brought me to 2 Timothy, and there sat the note that three years before, it was written December 28th, 2016. Again, he just passed away this year. There was a note that my grandmother had written. And previously, I never really understood the note other than just a, here you go, here's his Bible, enjoy it. But it hit me different this time. I'm going to read it to you, I think. I'll try. It says, Dear Jonathan, I asked Granddaddy to write this note, but he got distracted looking for a scripture. And again, remember, he's in full-blown dementia at this time. The scripture was 2 Timothy 2.15, and I hope as years go by, again, this was written in 2016, you will enjoy studying this Bible as much as Granddad did. So that scripture, 2 Timothy 2.15, says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. And it floored me when I read that because it was yet another confirmation of what God was preparing me and asking me to do in leading here at Resurrection. And it was really the first time I'd ever really understood what Grandpa did in the way that he served, in the way that he demonstrated to me, to my family, how to steward the responsibility of being a lay elder. And the magnitude of that responsibility hit me so hard. But I'm honored and I'm humbled to walk in that same path that he did because there's not many people that I hold in higher regard than my grandfather. Also in 2 Timothy, Paul was confirming the gift in Timothy because he had been one who had discipled Timothy. And when I read this, it yet again was just another confirmation. It says, 2 Timothy chapter 1, 5 through 8, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois. I would say my grandfather. And your mother, Eunice, I would say my mother. And I'm sure that it is in you as well. 
And for this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and of discipline. Therefore, as Pastor Boris said, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord our God or of me, his prisoner, but join me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. God's used these opportunities to kindle afresh the gift that he's put in me. And I want to thank Rez. I want to thank Jonathan Curzon. I want to thank Mandy. My parents. Bradley and Keith and Pastor Barr. I'm humbled and I'm excited about what it's going to happen here at Res as we follow God's leadership. I'm going to end with a scripture, a benediction. And I want to invite you, if you're willing, to lift your hands as this is read. Let the lifting of the hands be symbolize the openness of our hearts, the humility of our spirits. Minds that are renewed, hear the word of the Lord. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And let the church shout amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week. We hope that the Lord has blessed you through today's message, and we would love to hear from you. Tell us how God is working in your life and how we can pray for you. You can also help us reach others by investing at resfaith.com give. Thanks again for joining us.